Living the Principles. This podcast is hosted by Latricia Smith and Phyllis G. Williams. Living the Principles seeks to expand mindsets, express beliefs, and edify excellence in hopes of building a stronger Black community. Welcome to Living the Principles. Welcome. I am Latricia, and with me today is my co-host, Phyllis. Hey, Phyllis. Hello, everyone out there. Today, we are trying something new. We are normally on a podcast that we pre-record and we can edit it, but we're going to try something new today with live. Today, we will be talking about Self Made, which is on Netflix. I see a lot of buzz about it, but we're going to talk about how it applies to life, business, and other lessons in it. So someone had commented on my post and said, self-made? Well, nobody's self-made. And Latricia, you had a great uh, perception of what you think self-made means in this light. What is it? Well, to me, when I think of people who are self-made, I think of people who started from the ground up. They didn't get their money from an inheritance. They didn't get their money because their family was rich or they got a hold of the family's business or anything like that. But they made the money themselves with their hard work. That's what I see as self-made. So started from the bottom and we're here. That's that's Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And. Saying self-made isn't saying it in an arrogant way because we all know that it takes a team. It takes support. Right. Do we want to talk about what self-made is about? The show is about Madam C.J. Walker, Mm -hmm. and it's inspired by the life of Madam C.J. Walker. When I turned on Netflix, it said self-made inspired by the life of Madam C.J. Walker. So I know that Some people question the accuracy of it, but it's just inspired by it. Sometimes people make more out of things than actually needs to be because television, movies, they're they're entertainment. I mean, I, I get that people want historical accuracy, but it's inspired by. Yes. And that brings us to our next point controversy. I have seen with everything, you cannot please people. So you should just expect that. But that's what the key word is in that movie title, inspired. Some people are upset saying that it's causing divide based on colorism. A lot of stuff wasn't accurate. It shows, it um, reemphasizes that Black women can't work together. And a lot of people are upset about the hint that there's homosexuality in the movie and the key word is to remember it's inspired and you have to do the research yourself I remember when I was watching probably the first 10 minutes of it I said hmm let me see how much of this is accurate and I just looked up an article and I found the accuracy of how many times she was married how many times her daughter was married and things like that so you have to do the work yourself Yeah. I understand the controversy and some of those issues because 
I thought some of those same things as I was watching the movie. I, I thought about the colorism here. They're pitting the dark skinned person against the light skinned person. Here they're making it seem like she's more attractive. The lady, Addie, in the first episode, one of the the things that she said about every black woman wants to look like her, even if they don't say they do or something to that effect. So I saw that and the whole thing about pitting women against each other. I saw that too. But the fact of the matter is that we see that that does happen in real life. It happens right now today, even though this was early 20th century. I mean, here we're in the 21st century and we still see these sort of things happening. Although this may not be historically accurate for Madam C.J. Walker, these things do happen in real life. And it brings me to this part, this controversy. Negativity sells. Negativity attracts. So they know that the writers made sure to incorporate that to keep us entertained. For example, we we named this title self-made but if we would have wrote the title 10 reasons i don't like self-made it would be an influx of people so you have to know how to sell to people so that's what netflix did they're just selling to people yeah that's true you spoke of the young lady i have never seen her before so let's talk about the casting what did you think i enjoyed the characters i only watched the first episode but I thought the casting was good. I like Octavia Spencer in this role. I really like her in this role. I like Blair Underwood in his role. Some of the characters I hadn't seen before, but I thought just overall, I saw a lot of familiar faces in this show and I thought that they were they were well-placed. It was a little odd for me with one character. And do you know who that character was? Tiffany Haddish. It was. <laughs> it was because I just felt like in any moment she was going to say, she ready or something like that because she still had her California type vibe and accent and hoodness. So she had her comedy vibe because when uh, she was talking about they were her and John were dancing. What did she say? I can't remember what she said. They were doing the elephant. They were doing some some kind of dance. The big the bear. Club. I think they said. The the oh, <laughs> it was an animal. <laughs> I was thinking she was going to bring her comedy out at any minute. But like I said, I only saw the first episode. So it was it was pretty good. I thought she did pretty well in, in that episode. She grew on me and I do understand that people need to diversify their portfolio, their acting portfolio. So she got a chance to do that. And what, I was like, Blair think? Underwood's still fine. <laughs> I had to go look at his age. I was like, how old is Blair Underwood? He's still fine. He's been fine since I was done. I'm 37 almost. How old is he? He's like 56. Okay. okay. Yeah. Blair Underwood, if you see this. Listen, I thought that was a really good role for Blair because he was in, I can't remember what movie he was in, but he was abusive. And I was like, oh, I can't stand this movie. And this one, he was the total opposite. He was this loving, adoring husband who just really did on his wife and supported her. So I really did enjoy the character that he played in, in this movie. What is it, a miniseries? Miniseries, yeah. Well, yeah, I think the casting was pretty good. All right. 
you spoke earlier of something that Addie said. So let's get into some quotes. The title of the first episode was The Fight of the Century. So that gives you a little understanding what's going to happen. It was around the time that Jack Johnson was a boxer and they portrayed um, Sarah Breedlove, who was later known as Madam C.J. Walker, fighting against many things, including mostly Addie. Mm-hmm. At the very beginning of the movie, she said, with so much beauty in this world, how come I got so little? And that part, it was heart wrenching. What did you think when you heard that quote? I just thought that nobody ever told her that she was beautiful, that people probably told her time and time again that she wasn't beautiful and made her feel that she wasn't good enough. Because the job that she had at the time was a washwoman. I'm not sure if that's a technical title, but it was kind of like her place in the world was to do somebody else's laundry Mm -hmm. and not giving her any courage or respect to believe that she's more than just the way that she appears on the outside. Oh, wow. Oof. (laughs) That wasn't that deep. (laughs) (laughs) But I like your analysis. I'm not even going to go over mine then. I just was like, uh... I thought that was due to mostly her hair. During that part of it, I felt like she based her identity in her hair and It seemed to me throughout the movie as her hair grew, her confidence grew too. So I believe the illness was a part of it as well. And I think she talked about that at the beginning or whenever it first came on. They were talking about hair and how people value their hair and all of this stuff. And then she said something about until you lose it. And I Mm -hmm. guess yeah, when she started losing her hair and then that man that she was married to, how he came in and just abused her. I forgot what he told her she looked like. Something I can't remember, but it was something really negative. Yeah. So at the very beginning, Addie came to her rescue and she started doing her hair and they had an exchange. One part of the movie that made my jaw drop was like, did she really just say that? Was Addie said, by using my product, they'll look like me or at least like you. And she was speaking of the mulatto young women. And Latricia, you have quote unquote good hair. So what do you think about that? Well, I don't think it was just so much about her hair or their hair as it was. I think it was their overall appearance. When I look at her, she was tall and slim. And then she had the long hair and the light skin. And then those other two ladies who were selling the products, the same thing. They were thin and light skinned with the wavy hair or whatever. So I I think it was the the total look because when Sarah offered to sell her product, it was like something was wrong with her. But she was the one whose hair was actually growing as a result of using the product. So why wouldn't she be the best spokesperson for this product, considering how much it had helped her? Mm-hmm. And she says something along the lines of, you look like you just stepped off the plantation. So yeah. I do think that she understood that she was the status quo for what an attractive black woman is. 
You know what else I found interesting about that statement? By using my product, they'll look like me or at least like you. There's a lot of selling that's still going on. It may be a flat stomach. Like I remember when tummy tea was real big, flat tummy tea, and all the celebrities were on it. And people were like, oh, well, this person is um, using it. And I want to have a stomach like them. Or I think people do buy into the person representing the product. So I think that was highlighted back in the early 1900s. And it's still occurring now. Yep, I agree. People want to look like me, whatever that me may be. If it's that fit body, the flat stomach, you know, the clear skin, whatever it is that they're pushing, usually the people look like the product that they're pushing. Mm -hmm. You too can look this way if you do this. It's all about marketing and sales. Yes. And I'm like some of those same thing. Sarah said, no matter how much I use that product, it's not going to change who I, how I look. So people have to understand that as well, too. Yeah. She was talking to her husband and she said, you don't plant a seed and expect a tree the next day. I really like that statement. What do you what think did about, you like it? about no. <laughs> What did you like about it? <laughs> oh, <'cause> I, <laughs> well, this is what I liked about the statement. We had we started, for example, one example, we started this podcast in May. We don't have tens of thousands of downloads. We're not a household name. Apple's not paying us. And sometimes that can feel defeating. And you're like, it takes, well, you do the editing, but it takes hours to edit. It takes hours to outline and research and come up with quotes and news stories because we do all of that on our podcast. We're doing all of this and it seems like we haven't received the fruit of our labor. So I like that statement. And anybody who's pursuing a business or any goal, I think they should adopt that mindset that it's going to take perseverance. Yeah, it's true. Nothing grows overnight. And I think that sometimes people expect things to happen very quickly, even even if it's not overnight, even if it's a year from now or two years from now, sometimes people want to see things turn around for them quickly. I would say I think it's because of the society in which we live, but this happened a long time ago and people still wanted that. But I think when people start looking at their situation, like I think her husband was was looking at their situation. Well, here it is. You know, you've given this a try. We've tried this. Now our money is getting low. What are we going to do? We have to start looking at other things because the first thing he was talking about was getting a job. He was like, we can go get a job. They got this new hotel opening. Let's go get a job. And she was like, no, she wanted to keep on with her business because that was her baby. And so Mm -hmm. she wanted to follow through with it, which I think perseverance is really important when you're talking about being an entrepreneur. Good, good. And you brought up her husband. C.J. Walker, and our next quote is about something his dad said. And the name Cleophas, Lord, that just sound mm-hmm. like 1800 cotton picking name. But so they had a good name. I'm not sure if that's accurate, but I it was on a plantation, right? Yeah, Cleophas. <laughs> <laughs> One thing that he said, we both wrote this down never get your money. Where you get your honey. Never get your money where you get your honey. 
I thought it was funny. I just, I thought it was a, a funny quote and probably because it rhymed, mm-hmm. never get your money where you get your honey. And I get where he was coming from with it because he was saying, he was trying to encourage his son to go out and get your own money because he was telling him that this is your wife's company. This is her thing. And where her husband saw it as their company, because that's how he expressed it to his father. This is our company. When our company does this, when our company does that. And he was telling how Sarah, how she was saying my. So they weren't on the same page. He was saying our, she was saying my. So he was encouraging his son, go get your own thing. Mm -hmm. And interestingly enough, she said the same thing to her daughter. She was telling her daughter to go out and get your own money. Don't depend on someone else. So mm-hmm. I, I thought that that was interesting that it came from both the father to a son and a mother to a daughter. Mm, see, the language was that. different, but it was basically the same. And you know how I can be sometimes. So I thought about gender roles and patriarchy, and I felt that that statement was rooted in that because I was very amazed that he was supporting his wife during an era like this, especially. But that seed was planted that you are a weaker man because your wife is the overall provider. And I'm not sure where I saw this or read this or if it was in that first episode, but they stated it's not a competition. And I think you're the love expert, but I think that's what happens a lot in black relationships when the or relationships period, but especially when the woman is making more money or she is the entrepreneur, the CEO, I think that does add some emotional turmoil. So yeah, so that statement to me just was like, Oh gosh, look at the patriarchy in this. I think to me It depends on how people see money. We all have a relationship to money, and I think it's all in our relationship. If everyone sees it as ours, does it matter who's making the most? Because it's all our money. It's all going to the same place. But if you see it as my money and your money, then yeah, I think that does breed some kind of competition. Well, I don't want you to have more than me, because if you have more than me, then you might start telling me what to do or you might start threatening me or you might take everything and walk away from me or just the kind of things that people think. But if if it's all the same household, if you're growing, I'm growing. If you're advancing, Mm -hmm. I'm advancing. What difference does it make? But some of it is also mindset. And of course, at that time, gender roles were different. He didn't seem to fall into the traditional gender role. And I don't even think he paid much attention to it until till the seeds were planted and, and then the seeds started growing. His father said something to him. And then when the investors came along, then they said something. And th- he just started noticing things that probably didn't even matter to him initially until people start pointing it out. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what happens a lot of times in relationships people are going on their merry way just happy and content and then here comes some outsider throwing some kind of curveball mind your business yep my grandma and granddad were married for 69 years and i remember asking her what was one thing that made your marriage successful and she said we kept god in our life and people out of it 
So that was one thing that I always remembered. Yep. <laughs> that is the secret to success. It is not even a secret. Grandma revealed it. Now go do something with mm-hmm. it. <laughs> okay, so we talked about CJ, but there was one point you admired him. I think I did for the first 20 minutes. Then I started saying, is he really on her side? Does he really, well, not on her side, but does he really believe in her? I started to question if he believed in her. And maybe because I know the outcome that she was going to become the first self-made female millionaire. But it was some things that he did that I just said, I like, mm, you ain't tricking nobody with your flat stomach. what did he do okay so for me this was one part um sarah had just talked about how there were for example maybe three hundred thousand black females in america and she said if i could get one person each one of them to buy my product i'll be a millionaire i think there's a lesson in that as well that you have to have some type of strategy or some type of vision and I saw that throughout the first episode that she had a vision and she was dedicated to that. And her vision kept increasing as the move, as the first episode progressed. Mm -hmm. But what CJ did that made me side eye him was after Sarah said that he chuckled. So it's not really what he said. It's more what he did. But he chuckled. He's like, yeah, I can't argue with that. Not that, baby, you can do that. Or how can I help you do that? Or And maybe you can sell to even more women in America. Maybe you can sell to the women of South America and Africa. It's sometimes not how you say it or is it uplifting? What you're saying, is it uplifting or is it cutting? Or is it just let me not get in the doghouse and say, well, I can't argue with that. I think it was more, yeah, I think it was more or less if you say so kind of thing. And and I think one of the things that we have to remember is that just because we have a vision doesn't mean that everybody holds our vision. But holding the vision and supporting the vision are two different things. So maybe he didn't hold the vision, but he supported the vision because he didn't want to move to Indianapolis. He said, I'm not moving to Indianapolis. But what did they do? He, they he up and moved to Indianapolis. So I just thought that he was very supportive even if he didn't maybe hold a vision because he didn't see what she saw. Mm. And oftentimes I think that's how it is. People don't see what we see. If you share your vision with someone, I share my vision with someone. People are always asking questions like, why do you want to do that? What made you do that? You sure that's what you want to do? Because they don't hold the vision. You can't share the vision with everyone, but I mean, I, I get where you're coming from, and, and I, I understand that. So. You extra deep today. <laughs> I like it, though. <laughs> you can hold the vision, and you can support the vision. I like it. I like it. Okay, okay. All right. <laughs> and that's true. That's, what, that's some wisdom you're imparting on us. I'll take it. I'll take it. Well, and maybe I just had a thing out for Blair Underwood, because I saw him in another movie that annoyed me. Maybe that's it. I don't know. So after he said, I can't argue with that. Another thing that made me side eye him was he was like, there is a such thing as growing too fast. That's a rich folk problem. 
<laughs> if you don't have a problem, let me have a rich folk problem instead right. of we're not growing at all. And I understand he probably wanted her to be wise as she was growing. But it seemed like he was saying, pump your brakes. Yeah, he probably was saying, slow down. And see, again, this is another thing that I see as an interesting point, because think about it. He told the truth. There is such a thing as growing too fast. Mm -hmm. And we saw that in the show, like they were growing so fast and they didn't have enough people. They didn't have what they needed. Because things mm-hmm. were growing so fast and which for her, she's like, yeah, that's a good problem to have. And which I agree. Like if, if my business was growing like that, it's, it's a good problem to have. But sometimes it could be too fast and it can lead to your detriment. So maybe I'm just thinking maybe he was saying this just to bring it to her awareness. Like mm-hmm. pay attention. There's a thing that's growing too fast. Are we really prepared? But again, I think it's because he didn't hold the vision. She saw something like this lady. She was incredible. She saw something and she had these lofty goals. She was just going after them, and which is really admirable. Now, I admired her. I'm, I'm not saying I admired the husband, but I just thought that he was supportive. And as you say that, I will drop an ounce of optimism in my <laughs> grumpy tank. <laughs> but he was helping her by washing other women's hair. And that does show a lot of dedication to his wife, especially during those times. And people may have thought it was people think that now if, if a guy tells you he's a hair salonist, you're like, that's feminine. So you're right. During that part, he did support her and he still was, I guess, sacrificing his ego in a sense. I think he did throughout at least the first episode. And that's why I'm saying I'm, I'm wondering what's going to happen as the episodes continue because I see when his father said to him and then other things started happening, he started paying attention to this. And I see that it is starting to, to bother him. It's starting to affect him. Like she was getting ready to go somewhere and he asked her if he could do something. And I think she told him no she was getting ready to leave or something. And he had this big smile on his face. And then as she was leaving, then he had the, the side eye look or mm. some exasperated look or something like that. And Fake. that's when I started thinking that this stuff is starting to wear on him. So that was episode one. You heard me fake. You're like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Then you're like, yeah. <laughs> it was to get tickets to the male convention. That was the part. Yeah. Yeah. She told him, oh, you can do something. He wanted to do something else. And then she was like, Mm -hmm. well, no, you can do something. You can go get these tickets. But he wanted to speak on her behalf or something. But she was like, baby, this is my company. Mm -hmm. What did you think about the whole thing about it being her company as opposed to their company? I'm not married. (laughs) And this is probably why I'm not married. I felt that she was correct in a formal way of saying this is my company, but not in a relationship way because to become one and it just demasculated him in a sense. So I felt like it wasn't just her company because he was putting in a lot of work in it as well. His father was and 
I just felt like it wasn't the best use of words. Even with the both of us, I had to learn to do stuff and say our, we. And it has taught me that because, you know, I'm like, you'll be like, Phyllis, create this. I'm like, I'm done. So (laughs) (laughs) it has taught me to check in through the whole process. And I don't know if they were doing that, checking in and communicating through the whole process of this company's development. To me, it appeared to be a family company. I Mm. thought because he was involved in it, his father was involved, their daughter was involved, the son-in-law was involved. Everybody was making products, washing hair and working in a beauty salon. So everybody was doing all the work. So that's why to me, your hands. Never go live again. No, this is my first time going live, so (laughs) it's different. It just felt like it was a family company, Mm -hmm. even though it was her idea and her recipes, and she did all of the initial hard work. I liked it a family business. And when you hear a family business, it makes you trust the company more. Well, I'm not gonna, it makes me trust the company more when I hear it's a family business. You spoke of the daughter, and there's two quotes I have from her. Addie had moved to Indiana, and they were going to see her salon. And I think this is a good business lesson. And she said, oh, no, we can't compete with that. There's a lot of time in business or corporate America that we shut ourselves down because we're seeing what the other person has material wise but do they still have the drive do they still make the connections and I thought that was a great example of stuff that actually happens because we'll probably compare ourselves to another podcast and maybe they're famous so you have to not compete with them and compete with yourself exactly mm-hmm yeah, because she had the storefront and they had a home-based business. So their business was out of their home and she had this beautiful storefront. So she's thinking, oh, we can't compete with that. Yet they had clients, they had customers. So why didn't she think they could compete with it? They already had everything going in their favor. She upped and moved and came there. She's the one who has to start all over. But I guess she didn't see it that way. Yeah, that's true. She just saw the material things. And something else she said that I think is very interesting was, us women, we are all in the same boat. Do you agree with that statement? We're all in the same boat. No, we're not all in the same boat. I guess to some degree, well, I wouldn't say we're all in the same boat. Or if we were all in the same boat, let's say that it's a cruise ship and there's different cabins and you have the, oh, here I am moving again. And you have the suites and you have the presidential suite and you have the inside cabins and outside cabins. We're all on the same boat in that way, in that we're in different places on the boat. Some people have better rooms than other people. Via Facebook Live is very deep. We're not on the same boat. We're on the same cruise ship. (laughs) 
great example because I didn't agree with it. I like the way you worded it because I felt that we all have struggles, but our struggles look different. For example, if I was a Arabic Muslim woman, my discrimination will look different than an Asian American woman. Or there are differences based on your size, based on your complexion, disability. So I like that. We're not in the same boat. We're on the same cruise ship. (laughs) Because I think of a boat. (laughs) I think of a boat as this little, as a small thing where all these people are packed in it. And Mm -hmm. we all have the same issues. Like you're saying, we have, we all have struggles, but they're different. That's why I said the cruise ship, because a cruise ship is much bigger And there's levels to a cruise ship. And I think there are levels to our struggles and challenges. I don't think the well-to-do Addie had the same struggles as Sarah Breedlove. I don't think they had the same struggles Mm -hmm. because Addie was already well-to-do. She said that she had a shop in St. Louis that was doing fine. Her husband died. She upped and moved. So maybe she got an insurance policy or something and bought this shop. On Main Street, her struggles were different. Yes. I have two more quotes, both from Sarah. I'm going to say both of them at the same time. This was when she was speaking to the crowd. She said, I know if she look good, we all look good. When I heard that statement from a business standpoint, it made me feel as if, um, what's the common saying? People don't care how much you know they want to know. People don't care how much you know. They want to know how much you care. And that's what that reminded me of. When she said that, I think it made the customers or the audience say, this is not just about her becoming rich. She really is invested in my well-being. Sometimes I think people have to remember that when doing business, that are you really in it? Of course, we're in it for money, but is that all you're in it for? So that's one lesson I hope people pursuing businesses or other ventures remember. And I think at that point, she was able to identify with those women, letting them know she was letting them know that they were they were no different. Mm -hmm. They had the same they had the same struggles, that group of black women, they had the same struggles. And she brought that to their attention. And I think that's what drew them in. And I think that reminded me of the principle of Ujima. I think that when we're talking about collective work and responsibility, you know, I'm I'm always talking about I'm my brother's keeper. Are you my brother's keeper? That's what that thing reminds me of. My struggles are your struggles. Your struggles are my struggles. We're in these struggles together. Let's help each other to get through the struggles. And Ujima means? Collective work and responsibility. Collective work and responsibility. Okay. Yeah, that statement does align with it perfectly. The last one I have, because I don't know if it's going to cut us off, is I have to do something that sets me apart. I said, that's branding. Back in the 1900s, basically was saying, I need to brand myself to set myself apart. So I Mm -hmm. thought that was a very important lesson in business. How are you different than any other podcast, business coach, model? What sets you apart? 
since you already spoke on principles, you spoke of collective works and responsibility. Was that the only principle that you saw in this movie? No, I saw Kuji Chagalia. I think that one, self-determination, I thought that she was really determined to do her own thing and she wasn't going to let anybody stop her or tell her anything differently. So when at one point in the episode, when she had called upon those investors and they were addressing her husband and she came up to let them know this was her thing. And she wasn't going to let the idea of her being a woman change her from pursuing what she wanted to go after. And there was another scene where this guy was trying to violate her. Even then, she continued to to carry on. So she was determined that she had a plan. She had an idea. I saw that as well. I also saw Umoja. There was so much unity in in their family, how they came together. There was unity in the community when all these women came and began to support her with her products. What principles? And I'm what principles did you see? I was gonna say unity. That was the principle that I was gonna say. And um, creativity, Kumba goes back to the last quote that we discussed, which is. I have to set myself apart. So being creative and even being creative. Well, maybe I can't get a storefront, but I'll do it in my house. I'm, I may not be able to have a factory, but I'll open a kitchen and get the products that I need. I think creativity is not just the arts, but also problem solving. And I saw that in this first episode. I enjoyed this. I had fun. Me too. <laughs> and I'm not sure if anyone has come in or anything i'm not sure either and i was trying to pull it up but i wasn't able to access it so i was looking for a comment so we don't want for anyone to be left out or anything we want to be able to acknowledge anybody who has said something and this brings us to the end of our first facebook live with a discussion We invite you to connect with us. If you enjoyed this or if you learned something with it, our website is livingtheprinciples365.com. We have other episodes. We already spoke of Madison C.J. Walker in our episode called Black Innovators. We also are on Instagram, Facebook, in addition to the podcast. In order to keep it afloat, we sell t-shirts that demonstrate black empowerment so we will address any comments that we see and we just invite you to connect with us let's show some unity yes we totally would appreciate it all right then it's been fun phyllis thank you for challenging me to do something like this because you know i probably never would have I think that's the truth. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to Living the Principles podcast. Be sure to visit us at livingtheprinciples365.com to access the show and join in on the conversations.